every time we come back and stay in our suburban home in Birmingham, I'm reminded of how much I love living in a small space, especially in the wintertime. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze. Beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles. Approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of Wednesday, December the 8th, 2010. This is the first of what we expect will be several podcasts that uh, we will be airing in the next few weeks not necessarily in succession, but along the way, taking a single tool or system that we use and studying that uh, in depth. So we decided we would spend today's podcast, or the bulk of it anyway, talking about the advantages and disadvantages of living in a tiny living space. Our tiny space is especially warm and cozy and cheery in the It really time. is. I love the wood stove, which we can talk about at another, uh, in another podcast, but it just heats it up and it does feel cozy in a way that a heat pump in a big house just can't accomplish, to my knowledge. And you and I were talking this morning. We, we, are, we are here in our suburban home just because we had some things, some tasks that needed to be attended to. And I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like I'm rattling around in this big old house. It's yeah, just, a little bit. It feels yeah. funny to uh, have to walk up and down steps, to walk from one end of the house to the other to do yeah. things. Well, I think it just shows how you get used to something. Because, yeah, a couple of years ago, if somebody had said to me, you're going to be living in a little 600-square-foot apartment, I would have, in fact, we were beginning to talk about it. And I thought, oh, please don't let it be for very long because that sounds pretty miserable. But now that I'm doing it, I'm seeing how it can work. And we, of course, as we go through today, we'll discuss some of the limitations of that as well. But um, overall, I think it's a good strategy for us. Our little apartment is more or less like an efficiency. You've likened it to a nice master suite. Yes, it is. It's a very nice master suite. It's uh, 20 feet, no, 24 feet by 25 feet with a carve-out for a bathroom and an extension from that space for a fairly large walk-in closet. Right. So that's our little home, such as it is. It's the insulated, heated and cooled, if you will, portion of our home. Um, it's not our only enclosed space, and I guess we need to disclose that because there are a lot of things you and I can offload to the storage room, the shop, the area of the pole barn, the screen porch. Um, so it's not like all our living takes place in exactly. that 600 square feet. And, you know, this time of the year, what is it, about 30 degrees outside right now? <laughs> it's pretty cold. Um, we aren't doing a lot of living out in those spaces. We get out there and do our tasks as necessary. But I'd say nine, ten months of the year, we really are living outside more. We are, um, because of my work with the vegetable garden and all the walks we take, you know, to check on the property and um, just, you know, tractor 
needs, the things that we do with the tractor, Absolutely. mulching. We spend uh, most of our time outside. Yeah, we spend most of our time outside. And even when we have people over, if we have them over during the temperate months, which is most of the time in central Alabama, we do entertaining out on our screen porch, which is an extension of the apartment. So, uh, yeah, to say that we live full-time in 600 square feet is probably fudging a bit, I would say. I would, too. Yeah. The, I guess the main point that you and I have agreed on is that all problems, all challenges you face with a living space seem to me to be easier with a tiny space. The, the challenge of keeping it cool, the challenge of keeping it warm, the challenge of keeping it, um, you know, understanding where things are, the just right. general coherence, it's all improved by virtue of having a tiny living space. True. Yeah, yeah. That's true. And um, we, we have some aspects of that that we, as we've talked about, that when we build the lodge, um, which is an, an area that we want to have available for when we entertain, for example, and we have guests, we can use many of the same principles in that, even though it'll be a bit larger space overall. Yeah. And, and at first, when you said you wanted to make it a different color, I was sort of chafing at that because I thought it would be nice to have them be the same color. But honestly, they're going to be so similar, it probably will help to have them be different colors just so it won't look like two twin buildings. Exactly. I don't want it to look like a complex of barns. Um, our, to, just to uh, to review, our barn, uh, the enclosed, the out, the exterior of the the structure that we live in now is red. It's a barn color red, and it looks very much like a barn. And I like that too. We got some compliments on that, by the yes, way, this we past weekend. And then um, the other structure, I was thinking, sort of a neutral shade of some kind, but we can talk about that later. Just so, yeah. Then then you can tell people go to the tan building <laughs> go to the red building yeah. not everybody who comes to see us knows barns you know they might be True. they might be city slickers so let's talk a little bit about what makes up the the structure of our home we have a um, galvalume metal roof that is light in color so that means mm -hmm. we are bouncing a good bit of the sun's heat off right there it has a very thin layer of insulation under it. And then I believe this next step may be the most critical one we make. It is completely separated from the living space by air. So there is no conduction of heat from the roof to our living space. Everything is separated. Um, we have a, a great deal of foam insulation. Not our favorite. We would have actually preferred to use uh, dense pack cellulose. Yeah, couldn't get it though. Well, we couldn't get it given Installed. the way we yeah. had uh, constructed our framing. It was just a, a mis mismatch so between you... the way we approached the framing and the nature of dense pack cellulose. And that there's nothing we can change about that for the lodge, I take it. Yes, I think we can. Oh, we'll, good. We'll do our best to make changes so that we can accommodate dense pack cellulose insulation for the for the lodge good. instead of foam. And I think it'll be every bit as effective, but will not have nearly the um, embedded energy cost that foam insulation does. I just you and I talked about that. We didn't like having to do it, but we figured, given our goal of having 
really, really, really good insulation, that was the only choice of And it is really, really good. So It is right. really good. That a little apartment, is it's as tight as a drum. Yeah. And I noticed the other day, I haven't had a chance to tell you this, but when we made the adjustments to that room air conditioner, yes. we had to scoosh it up a little bit. Uh-huh. And now on a cold morning, I can feel some cool air coming in Uh-oh. underneath that in, that air conditioner. So should we come back with some insulation there? So we'll need to add some stripping or some caulk or something yeah. to plug up that hole and get that integrity back. Yeah. It's not enough to you know, make it uncomfortable to be in the, the apartment because, as you know, that wood stove is just such a Trojan mm-hmm. when it comes to keeping it warm. But you never want to have a big old empty strip where wind's whistling in. Right. Yeah, we can fix that. Yeah. And then talk a little bit about our uh, the, the use of the stack window that we have in there. We have a rather small window in the ceiling above the refrigerator. We made the decision to put it there because the refrigerator offloads a great deal of heat 12 months out of the year. And, of course, during the summer, that's undesirable heat. You want that heat to be uh, jettisoned as quickly as possible. So we made the decision to put the stack window right over the refrigerator so it could go straight up before it had to, before it spread out into the apartment. And uh, we really don't have any way of measuring how well it's working. Mm. Yeah. Um, we just know that it must be making a difference. Have we closed it yet? Did you close it? I closed it just yesterday. Okay, because I knew the other day we had some people <laughs> over, and I was able to say and point out, you know, it was, we were giving them a tour. There's a stack window. Oh, and it's still open <laughs> in the <Yeah>. winter. <laughs> Knowing as I did that we were about to um, have this really cold weather coming in, I decided, okay, it's time. I'm glad you did. It's yeah. uh, it will open it back up in the spring. Yeah, I guess you know, long about April or so, yeah. we'll open the stack window up and begin um, having some air uh, sent out the ceiling again. Mm-hmm. And it is pleasant there in the spring um, and in the fall. And I guess we, you know, one of the things we've talked about is that our, the decisions we made about design do a better job of keeping us warm in the winter than they do keeping us cool in the summer. Yeah. It does a good job keeping us cool in the summer, don't get me wrong. But um, if I had it to do over again, I would err on more things designed for cooling and fewer things designed for designed for warming, meaning when we build the lodge, we'll probably have more stack windows. And of course, when we build the lodge, we will have north-facing windows, which are a no-no for keeping warm in the wintertime. But here in the south, where it gets so hot in the summertime, I think those north-facing windows will will make a big difference. Ventilation. That's true. I think it will. and and I know we've talked about this on some previous podcasts. Our use of the room air conditioner on a uh, we've used it very sparingly during the hot summer, and so not to belabor that point, but to say it's an option for us when we need to get some when quick cooling. We really cooling. need to pr- turn on that air conditioner. We can. We have never once had to run it at night, and consequently, we've never used it for more than a couple of hours at the time. So that's been I'm, I'm just not at all nervous about power consumption for a room air conditioner that we run maybe 20 hours for the summer and i mean our power bills weren't that high this summer no. i don't think no. anything ever cracked if, 70 if your room air conditioner doesn't run more than about two hours on a really really hot day i think you 
you know, we, we don't have a big problem with energy consumption yeah, with yeah. the way we're using the air conditioner now. Yeah. Now, if we turned it on every night and just let it roar, sure, we'd have a big power. You know, we would see that in right. the power. Bill. Well, I think the fact that we went through what everyone in this area acknowledged to be an extremely, exceptionally hot summer and didn't need to use that air conditioner at night to sleep, that's pretty that's pretty good. I, I agree. I think that speaks volumes to the design integrity of the barn. And I should say, we didn't, uh, have we talked about the south-facing window? No, oh, that comes no, up. no. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about the fact that our we the main windows face to the south, which means here in the wintertime, uh, here in the northern hemisphere, we have the sun coming straight into the apartment and providing a great deal of solar warming. That's right. It, it really makes you believe in passive solar if you didn't it already. It sure does. We don't, <clears throat> you know, in the middle of the day, we've never had to use the wood stove. We did use it that one day when we had a big snowstorm, but I think it was more atmosphere than anything else. It was else. atmosphere, and it wasn't very sunny that day. Right. It was a gray, snowy day. But it also wasn't very cold. No. And we really didn't need the wood stove. And in fact, if you remember, we fired up the wood stove and then ended up opening some Yeah, windows. sometimes so we, we do have to do that. We want that atmosphere, but if it's too warm, <laughs> we just have to open the windows. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, back to the main point about those south-facing windows, on days when it is really cold here in central Alabama, those days are also really clear. So you have lots of solar warming and, and our south-facing windows take full advantage of that, yet they are mounted in such a way that in the summertime when the sun's energy would be unwelcome, they are shut, the, the sun can't get in. Yeah. So we that, don't have any direct penetration of sunlight into the apartment during the summertime. And that really helps it uh, makes a huge keep, keep the cooling. So, yeah. um, And let's talk a little bit about the floor plan. They're basically... I wouldn't say there isn't one, but it's just open. There's It's just one big open space with um, the kitchen sort of along a wall. you know, Like a, the north wall. A north wall, and then there's the it turns a corner. It's it's kind of into a corner because uh, formed by the bathroom. The bathroom yes. gives you an additional wall, so it's a, an L-shaped sort of kitchen. And we'll talk about this more when we talk about the wood stove, but that open floor plan, I believe, is critical to helping the wood stove do its job. Mm-hmm. Wood stove is great in an open space because it literally reaches out and grabs the coldest air in the room and heats it up for you. But that works only if there are no walls. Right. Yeah. And I can tell that when I go in the bathroom to take a shower and when I get out, I turn it, the heat lamp on. To it's keep, a cooler room. It's, it's a cooler room. Um, and of course, the heat lamp works great. And it's, it. you know, I, I'm out of there pretty quickly, but... You know, it's and of course the shower is nice and warm, but yeah, it, you can tell that 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 uh, the wall is blocking the effects of the of the stove. And back on the issue of the open floor plan, talk a little bit about how we dealt with that when we entertained. Uh, how many people did we end right. up with? Thirteen folks. Thirteen. We were prepared for sixteen. Uh, yeah, we had to entertain. We unexpectedly had to do most of our entertaining indoors because it was a not only a cold night but a windy night, and we were had originally planned to have a bonfire outside, uh, etc. But we were forced to to retreat into the indoors, and it worked out great because since we don't have a lot of furniture, especially in the middle of the room, it's just an open. Um, space that literally can be used with any kind of configuration of furniture. So we put tables up and chairs, and and it worked out great. And I'm really glad that we did don't have a lot of um, heavy furniture or rugs or something that impede the 
um, the ability, the, the versatility of the space. Exactly. We ended up, I mean, who would have thought that you could comfortably entertain 16? We really were prepared for yeah. 16 people in that tiny little living space, but it worked because you have kept it so open. Yeah, that's good. Um, and, and one thing, when we do entertain, we've talked about in previous podcasts the fact that we do not have a, a full-size range. We don't have a, an oven or a range. Um, and so if you want to cook anything large or that na- needs certain temperature requirements, we have to go elsewhere. And I had a cake I wanted to bake for one of our friends who was celebrating his birthday. And we don't have an oven. You can't cook a cake in the sun oven. We are pretty much ready to to rule that out now. And you can't cook a big enough cake in our little um, toaster toaster oven. oven. That's right. You can cook some things in that. I mean, you can cook. We could probably cook a small cake in the toaster oven. But uh, for a group that size, we needed a little more um, mass. So... I uh, ran to town and used the oven at the church so that I could bake that cake. Obviously, when we have the lodge, we will have a full kitchen with a range, and when we need to bake a cake, we'll just walk up to the lodge and do or it Or bread there. pudding or anything or else. Or bread that, pudding, yeah, my, your my, speciality. My speciality, that's right. Um, and so, you know, I think that's a, uh, we, have, we have a plan to address that in the future, even though we'll continue to live in our 600-square-foot apartment most of the time. Um, and, of course, what happens when you live in that small area is you don't have a lot of privacy. <laughs> and that has been a delight for me. I believe it is something to which you are becoming adjusted. But um, it may not be everyone's cup of tea. You and I live right. awfully close together. Yeah, I, and, of course, again, let's talk about our other spaces, the fact that during the summer, the warm months, we're outside most of the time doing our thing. You have your office set up in the shop, which is in a different room, and it's only on the coldest days that I see you not willing, to, not wanting to go out there, and I don't blame you. I wouldn't either. Um, I like to sit on the screen porch when it's nice and shell peas or uh, snap beans or whatever I'm doing. Um, so, you know, it's we, we can spread out, but... If I want to listen to music and you don't, it does present a little bit of an issue. Yes, that's right. Um, so, and the other the other issue a lot of people don't think about is cleaning. Um, it's easier to clean because it's small. Yes, I can do it quickly. Uh, the downside is because you're living over and over and over in the same space, it gets dirty really fast. Like you track, and of course we live on a farm, so it gets we, really dirty really fast. It, yeah, I was gonna say we track in. You know, we we still don't have grass a lot of places that we hope someday we will have grass, and it's it's a farm. You're always gonna be out in a field somewhere and tracking in. So, um, you know, it it needs cleaning often, and like yet it can be it can be um, cleaned quickly. Uh, the only thing we didn't mention, I think, about the uh, appliances, <clears throat> just to because we need to wrap up, I know we're running out of time, is the fact that we have a dishwasher and, dishwasher and a refrigerator that makes some noise in True. that little apartment. So sometimes you are in the apartment side by side with the dishwasher and the refrigerator, and you're aware, oh, I hear the, the refrigerator, it's, I hear the dishwasher. Yeah, the refrigerator, it's the ice maker. And, and every now and then in the middle of the night, if I wake up, I hear the little trickling water from the ice maker. Um, that's not a big deal. And I hear the refrigerator cutting on and cutting off, but in my prayer time, I have learned just to say thank you that we have a machine that keeps our food fresh and edible 
even when exactly. uh, it otherwise would be rotting and becoming inedible. So, And as far as the dishwasher, it's um, one we specifically wanted one that's that's quiet we, you know noise level was important and i think we did that we got one that's nice and quiet it has some other issues <laughs> that we will not go into here but um, you do not like our dishwasher it i just figured that out doesn't clean as well as my good old whirlpool that i've had for years here in my suburban home that's um, actually much older but it works better but that's another issue and it could be that at some point we'll replace that dishwasher that's but right. again I think we did succeed in finding one that's quiet, and I'm sure that technology will only improve in that respect. Well, I didn't think we would be spending the entire podcast talking about our home, but I'm sort of glad we did because we've covered a lot of territory here. Anything we need to say by way of summing up um, the advantages, disadvantages of what of the way we live? I think, to me, that as most people would expect, there are both. There are advantages and disadvantages, and we've tried to just today, I think, tell people what they are so they can make their own decision of, uh, as to whether they're cut out for it or not. You know, how do they, do they need their privacy a lot if they're, if you're sharing the space with another person? Um, and if, if so... If we've said nothing about how, what our life would be like if we had small children living with us. True. A, or if, And when we have a guest, and I think we have addressed that in the past, which is why we're building the lodge. Um, if we had a third person, uh, we also don't have a pet. And True. for someone with an animal, that might also be another issue. I'm assuming if they shed, for example, you'd have that many more dog hairs or cat hairs That's to have right. to clean up. So the, these we haven't explored every single issue, but we do want to just be fair about full disclosure for about us, what life is in like. this time and this place, it has been a wonderful solution. But we're aware that it's not the wonderful solution for everyone. That's true. Uh, thanks for visiting with us. We will look forward to seeing you next week, and uh, probably we'll be talking about the news from the farm at that point. Have a good week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780446 Alabama 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log, check in with Lee and Amanda, and talk with other listeners. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.